There is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely the place for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unstuck Podcast and welcome, welcome, welcome Sherry Timko to the conversation today. I am so excited for everybody to get a chance to meet you and to hear all about your expertise as a couple's relationship coach. So Sherry, welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yay. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Sherry, please tell us how you are showing up in the world today. How are you serving people? What are you most proud of as of right now? Well, my mission is to help couples have great relationships. And I do that through a variety of different ways. I am a couples relationship coach and I have been a psychotherapist for almost 20 years. And so I, I, I have lots of experience with working with yeah. couples, couples in crisis, but also couples who um, who are doing okay, but really are not living their best relationship. Yeah, I love that. And for the audience, how do you describe the difference between a couple's psychotherapist and a couple's coach? I think that's a question that a lot of people might have. Uh, that's a great question. Um, in therapy, I'm mostly working with couples who have had a crisis and are trying to mm -hmm. figure out how to move forward with that. Or they have a lot of long-term problems mm -hmm. where they just don't live well together. Now, when I mm -hmm. do coaching, that is much more focused on couples who n usually get along, usually are fine. Yeah. But... Yeah there's some edges that just don't function really well. What I'm thinking about a lot lately and talking about a lot lately is complacency. That a lot of us are like, ah, it's fine. My relationship is fine. But they don't set things up or put things in place so that they actually have that great relationship that they really want. That makes me think of the analogy that I'm sure you've probably heard of if you put a frog in a pot of water on the stove, right? And you just slowly turn up the heat, the frog will literally pass away inside the boiling pot because they don't realize that it's getting hotter because it's going so slowly. But if you dumped a frog, you know, inside of a boiling pot, they try to get out, right? And I think that that's what happens so much in our lives, in our work, in our marriages, in all the things where you just kind of don't even realize that it's just, just the turning up the heat, just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until all of a sudden there's nothing left, right? Yeah, I think a lot of couples think everything's okay until there's a crisis and then they have a big mm -hmm. mess to clean up. So yes. my mission really is to help people say, you know what, maybe this, maybe good enough is not really as good as this could get. Maybe there are ways mm -hmm. that we could actually feel close with one another or yeah. deal with loneliness differently yeah. or 
yeah, address the times when we feel rejected so mm -hmm. that we don't, those things aren't kind of corrosive under the surface. Yes. Yes. I love that. I almost think about it like um, therapy. It, I've heard this analogy before. It's like going to the doctor where you fix kind of what's broken and coaching is like getting a, a personal trainer where you're making what you already have even better. Yeah. Or the coaching is the preventive work. Like you do go for yes. your yearly checkup because you want to make yes. sure that you catch yes. those things when they're small. So yeah, I like both oh of those. Oh my goodness. I love that. Okay. So Sherry, I have to ask because, you know, those of us that are listening to, to you right now are like, but how do you know, like, how can you help me? Like, you know, is it just because you personally have had this beautiful life and this beautiful marriage and you have it all figured out? Is it that you have, you know, listened to more and more people over the years? Tell me a little bit about kind of your street cred when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a long story. I'll try to make it short. <laughs> um, I have an early failed marriage under my belt. I also have been married for 20 years and really did things much, much better with my husband, my current husband. And then I also have been doing couples therapy for 20 years. So when it comes to what works with couples, I'm very nuts and bolts. I'm like, what do we need to do so that you live well together? And okay. where are those rough spots that need to be smoothed out? So a lot, okay. of, um, a lot of what I talk about with couples is that you can have a relationship that's kind of running in the background, kind of mm -hmm. automated, but right. you have to have really good relationship skills, um, sorry, relationship habits that support yeah. that. And those yeah. relationship habits are these tiny little things that you sprinkle throughout your day, throughout your week, that are touch points between the two of you so that that, that relationship continues to grow. I love that. And I, and I want to talk about those. I want to talk about those touch points and those habits. Like I, I want to get into that. First, I want you to tell me a little bit about the kind of people that you tend to work with or even just how you felt yourself. So that person that's sitting there listening and they're like, you know, I, help me, help me to relate to that person that's listening to see if, if that's them when you're, when you're talking right now, like, Oh, is this me? Is this me? Is this what I need to be? Do I need to listen a little bit closer? Complacency looks like zoned out on your phone okay. too much. Hmm. Those times when you realize you haven't actually spoken to your spouse about anything substantial in a few days. Or those times where you feel like you're really kind of missing each other. Or if you feel like we're really good co-parents and we're okay roommates, but there isn't a lot else there. And okay. then they worry that, you know, there's not, there's not anything else deeper that connects them. Okay. And describe to me what it would look like on the other end of that when you have really good habits and you've done all of the things and you're a good student to all of the things that you're going to teach us today. What does that life look like? And, and let us kind of paint a vivid picture of what it could be. When you guys are in sync, your relationship becomes a springboard. There's a sense of safety and connectedness that just is, is, 
permeated through everything in the relationship so that that happens without putting a lot of time or energy into it. Like the times okay. when you show up are kind of built in so you don't have to think about it. And you can take that energy that comes from that security, that connection and go and do all sorts of other things in the world. You'll, that relationship won't feel like it's dragging you down in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you, you feel, do you find that people have kind of shared goals or at least they respect each other's goals in this space? Like, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about just what that, what that would feel like when, when we're in our, in our prime. Yeah. It, it feels like flow, but it feels like flow mm. going on in the background. So every okay. couple comes together in a very unique way. So what okay. works for one couple is not going to be a formula that works for another couple. Okay. They're okay. looking for those touch points and that connection that means the most to them and is easy for them to do. So okay. what that feels like is like that deep trust where you know your partner really well and you know what, how they're thinking and feeling about things. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that kind of, uh, the, the word that keeps coming to me is it permeates everything. It's like, it just is that solid base where you can okay. trust and move forward without thinking too much about that. And, and tell me a little bit, Sherry, if you would, what things maybe that you did in your first marriage or what things you've seen in your 20 years of psychotherapy or what things you see people doing that maybe is sabotaging their their marriage and their situation so that we can paint a picture of some of the things that we might be doing that are actually counterproductive on this mission. One of the biggest mistakes that couples do is that they miss the easy stuff. They say it okay. doesn't matter that much. So mm. one of the, this sounds so stupid and I know it does, but one of the things that I tell couples is like, do you make eye contact? When the other person walks in the room, do you stop what you're doing and look up and actually look happy to see them? Like this is such a minor, minor thing, but we skip that mm -hmm. stuff. We, well, yeah. It's common for couples to not say good morning, not say good night at the end of the day, not make eye contact. They just kind of are in their own little world. And then they expect their relationship to be deep and fulfilling or that they can go right. on a date and they're going to be like in sync. But when you yeah. don't do that little stuff, you go on a date or you go on vacation and it can be mm -hmm. fireworks because you don't feel yeah. that connection. Yeah, that is so powerful. And you think about it, you know, I was never real, a real big dog person, but we have a dog and I love her so much. And the reason I love her so much is because she's so stinking happy whenever she sees us. It's like she hasn't seen us for years and it's been, you know, 10 minutes. And I think that we can learn a lot about our pets or from our pets about our spouses, right? Because it's like, do I treat my husband with the same amount of excitement that my dog treats me when she gets to see me, right? And I think that that, you know, in my mind, I think the mindset that I've had is that marriage is hard. 
because you hear from people that say like marriage is work and marriage is, and, and you have to work at it and all the things, which I think is true. But what you're saying is, is that if you can get in sync and do the little things that you don't think matter, you don't necessarily need to put in the big muscle work later. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. It's like, um, putting a drop of water in your bucket every day. And eventually that bucket gets filled versus thinking that you're going to fill that bucket once a week or once a month. And then in between, it's going to be fine. Okay. I love that so much. Okay. So you guys, what we're going to do is we're going to pick Sherry's brain and we're going to get all of the things that she is going to, to share with us about how we can get into sync with our, with our partners now, how we can make our, our activity go into flow, how we can really just get in sync. After a few seconds of my exciting news about something that I've been working really hard on in order to help you not only build your business, but not have to ignore your family at the same time, which is really important and why our conversation is so important today. So you guys, uh, we'll see you back here in a couple seconds. Hey, Lachelle Weemy here, and I got to ask you, are you feeling like you're always on your freaking phone and you're trying to run your business, your family's complaining about you always being on your phone, you feel like you're winging it constantly, and all you want to do is have a strategy that lets you be 100% authentic and you are literally attracting the right people to you? Oh my goodness, that was me too. And I had to figure out a system that would make that work, and I totally nailed it. I have a program all designed to help you do that too, including a chance to spend in the entire day with me so I can help you write copy that attracts people and you will literally be done for an entire year. If that sounds like it's something that you need, we totally need to talk. Go ahead and click this link and let's get started. Okay, Sherry. So I cannot wait to hear, you know, what the heck do I need to start doing today or what do I need to keep doing today so that I can make my, my marriage you know, like you said, kind of effortless where we just are in sync with one another. And we know that we're showing each other that appreciation so that it doesn't have to be so much, you know, hard work, or you don't have to have those big crucial conversations because you're already kind of doing the little drips each day. Right. So tell us what that means and what we can start doing. All right. So we all have relationship habits. Okay. Okay. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. We want good relationship habits. The good relationship habits are the things that we do every day that either keep us connected or are missed opportunities with our partner. So for instance, if your thing is saying good morning, Mm -hmm. that would be something that you know happens in your relationship every day. You don't have to think about whether it's going to happen. You just have to Mm -hmm. make sure to show up to have that happen. Um, Now, every couple is going to choose different things. Um, Mm -hmm. It may be that good morning isn't the time when you're going to, you know, have a moment. It -hmm. might be at the end of the day. But you would think about and be intentional about having those touch points that happen. Now, if your thing is coffee, that may be a good example. Maybe every morning you bring your partner a cup of coffee. And you hand, some mornings you hand it to them and you're like, good morning. And other mornings you're like, good morning. How's your day look? What's going on for you? How'd you sleep? So it isn't that the, the in exchange is the same every morning, mm-hmm. 
And it's not that every single exchange is going to be like this deep connecting moment, but some of them are. And when you bring that positive energy to some of them, then that becomes, that's worth it to do every day because some of those are going to be that more connecting, that deeper connection that happens. Okay. And do you find that couples, you said that not every couple is going to be the same, but do you find that what, you know, makes one person in a relationship light up doesn't necessarily make the other and vice versa. So what advice do you have for that? Yeah. Um, so you want to start with stuff that is good for both of you, but if you're looking for, um, something that's really going to be easy for your partner to join you in, you would pick something that's going to be important to them. So, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have several touch points in your day, some of them are going to okay. be your favorite, some of them are going to be their favorite, and some of them are going to be the favorite between you. Okay, okay, I like that. And and so, what other touch points or habits do you recommend people to start developing? Well, I can share some, but this is so unique, and I really encourage couples to think about yeah. what makes them them. Because when you put these together, this is really what makes you guys as a couple unique from all of the other couples that you connect in this particular set of ways. Uh All right. So some examples. Uh, Good morning. Bringing the other person coffee. Saying goodbye before one of you leaves for the day. Mm -hmm. Checking in about that. Mm -hmm. Having some time to talk every day even 10 to 20 minutes just to check in, see how your day went, catch up on the news. Having a way of ending the evening. Having some regular affection, an affection that's not necessarily connected with sex. Okay. Okay. Um, Some couples really connect over humor. So they might make it a point to do something that brings that humor into their relationship every day. That might be a funny meme that they would send mm-hmm. some at some point during the day. That might be a shared joke. That might be, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so that yeah. just becomes their thing. And they make yeah. sure that it happens every day so that they mm-hmm. feel connected. Now, these things don't take much time. We may be talking about five minutes here or 30 seconds there. Right. But they they give that relationship, that stability, that foundation Mm -hmm. of connectedness. Yeah. And do you find that, do you use ever in your philosophy, the five love languages or anything very similar to that? Yes. There are not many relationship books that I recommend and the five love languages is one of them. So, well, for the people who haven't, you know, ever read that book or heard of it, um, Sherry, since you're the expert, why don't you describe what that means and how people can apply that to their lives? Okay. So each of us has a primary love language and there are five of them. Um, and it is easiest for us to show another person love in that love language. It is also easiest for us to feel loved. So the five love languages are acts of service. Words of affirmation, physical affection, gifts, and quality time. Mm -hmm. And 
so when we want to show our partner love, we tend to show it in that love language. Um, now, the way that couples get into trouble is that they rarely have the same love language. Right. My top two are my husband's bottom two, and it's and his top two are my bottom two. So, which is typical. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that one partner can be showing love, and really, genuinely, it comes from their heart, and they're trying to make the other person feel loved, but they miss each other because that's not the way the other person feels loved. So I, I catch your, your segue here because when you're looking for things to do that are connecting, if you choose some things in your love language and some things in your partner's love language, then you will just naturally have built in those things that are connecting for both of you. Yeah. And so I like that a lot because the thing is, and, and you guys, I love the fact that they, they named that book, the love languages, because the way that I think about it, it's like, I'm speaking Spanish and my husband's speaking French and we don't understand each other, but why don't you understand that I'm trying to show you affection, but he doesn't understand the language that I'm giving him. And so it's, it's really hard and it makes a very intentional, deliberate way in which we try to, to show each other our affection, right? And I think that one of you're telling us is to create habits that is small and, and something that you just do without even thinking and to make yourself aware at least of how your partner enjoys that affection so that you make sure that you're working in some of their language into your, into your habits. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you can think of the five love languages and then think of what are the touch points that you could create from mm -hmm. that. So for gift giving, can you pick up your, your partner's favorite snack on the way home sometimes or pick yeah. them a flower to bring them? Mm -hmm. For words of affirmation, can you build in um, appreciations where once a day at your timing, you say thank you for something? Hey, I noticed yeah. you did. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And you know, before I ever got into the love languages at all, I didn't even know what mine were. Mine, my top two are acts of service and affirmation, words of affirmation. And what's so interesting is that when we were dating, my husband and I've been together since I was 17. So he's been stuck with me for a really long time, but we were apart for about, oh gosh, it's like two and a half years of our dating. We were about four hours apart because of college and such. And there was one point in there where he made me he took a coffee can, like an old coffee can, and he surrounded it with construction paper. And it was like 104 days until he was going to be moving home from college. And so inside of that was 104 little pieces of paper. And it said on the outside of it, um, memories of us and why I love you so damn much. And Aww. it was like all these little things that he loves about me or that we have done together. And every day I needed to pull a new one out until he came home. Aww. And that was probably one of the most memorable gifts I've ever gotten because it was attached to my language, right? And so it doesn't have to be anything really, really big, but something so thoughtful when it comes to that person's language is huge, right? And so you okay, so you've talked about you've talked about gift giving, you've talked about language or words of affirmation, okay. Um, and the other ones. Yeah, acts of service would be just making sure that you notice something that needs to be done and doing it. Uh, for some people, yeah. just doing making sure that you have some specific chores 
is enough to do that. Um, but mm -hmm. it also could be um, it also could be picking up an extra chore or noticing that your partner is overwhelmed and then doing that thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see what's left. Physical touch. Mm -hmm. All right. So the research says that if you give someone a 20 second hug, it actually relaxes their physiology. And you can feel that mm -hmm. in your partner if you hug or in your kids, if you hug them until they relax. Now, this isn't a gripped hug. This is, you know, yeah. a, a nice hug. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a six-second kiss. The Gottman say a six-second kiss is worth coming home to. And if you think about mm. it, a six-second kiss, you actually have to commit to. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, I'm going to bring this up and I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I talk to a lot of my female friends and we get in this conversation and they're like, yeah, my husband is totally touched. That's his thing. It's not mine. And that's, you know, the way it is with us. And so like sometimes when that's not your language, it's like, I don't want to do the six second kiss because he's going to want it to go somewhere else. And I don't have time for anything else, or I don't have the energy for anything else or whatever. And so I think that sometimes when that's not our language, we hold back from giving in that way because we don't want it to lead somewhere. If that makes any sense, like there's an ulterior motive to it. Yeah. I wish that couples would really <laughs> separate affection from sex like allow mm -hmm. there to be affection and regular affection and not have the assumption that that is supposed to only yeah. lead to sex. Um, right. Now, sometimes that can be sorted out by having a good conversation around it. Right. Because yeah. your partner probably wants you to be affectionate and they yeah. might even be horrified to realize that they, that you don't want to kiss them because you're afraid that, you'll then have pressure to have sex. Yeah. So right. sometimes having a conversation about what's really mm -hmm. happening can, can clear that yeah. up. And, and that's what, you know, I, my friends and I have talked about is like, well, have you had this conversation? And so I think that the conversation is huge, you guys. And I think that even just, you know, going back to Sherry, what you were saying about the habits, like having the conversation and saying like, Hey honey, that was really nice of you to send me a random text during my work day, just to see how my day is going. Like for me, words of affirmation, that's, that's huge. Right. So he was thinking of me during the day and he shot me a couple, you know, a one sentence text message. And that's, that's huge. And so by me just saying like, Hey, honey, that really, that really meant a lot, you know, thank you for doing that is going to that be that positive reinforcement that he's going to want to continue that habit. And like you said, when we do habits over and over again, they're effortless and we get into flow. So conversations are important, right? Yes. Yes. Conversations are important, but it is also important to remember that not every couple connects around words. And so if you're a mm -hmm. couple that connects around something else, not words, just because everybody else is talking doesn't mean you can't have a good relationship. Right. Okay. And then the last one I think was quality time. So what examples do you have for that? Yeah. Quality time might be a weekly date or it could be um, coffee in the morning where you sit and talk with each other, or it could be that 20 minutes at the end of the day where you um, check in with each other. There's lots of ways to build that in as well. Okay. And do you have any advice for couples who, you know, I, I'm ambitious, Sherry, like that to a fault. And I think that it sometimes drives my husband crazy because 
I think he learned that when I say that once I get this degree or once I start this business or once I do this, like that's not the end of it. I'm going to start something else. (laughs) And so he's learning to put up with me in that way. But, um, you know, any advice on, you know, how to get couples on the same page when one of them, I think opposites do attract. And I think that my husband does a great job of balancing me out. He helps me kind of take life less seriously. And I kind of give him a little bit more adventure and a little bit more risk. So any advice on kind of bringing people together when they might be kind of opposites in some ways? We're supposed to marry people who have different characteristics and qualities. One of the one of the things is to see that as a strength to your relationship and not something to fight against. So what you bring to that broadens the other person's perspective and experience Mm -hmm. and challenges them to look at the situation and the problem a little bit broader. So one of the really powerful things is to think Mm -hmm. is to flip that instead of thinking of that as your partner is trying to pull you away from your work see them as trying to pull you towards relaxation and rest so that it it doesn't feel like it's it's contentious it feels like it's broadening Mm -hmm. yeah I love that, you guys. And I hope that that helps. I hope that my vulnerability today (laughs) brings you guys a blessing because, you know, I'm sure my husband's like, oh my goodness, what did you talk about? (laughs) But I I do. I I believe that we all are are meant to to serve each other in this world, right? And Sherry, you and I were brought together for a reason. And I think that our conversation hopefully is going to spark conversation in other people's homes. And I truly believe that when our relationships are healthy, then everything else in our lives is in sync and we're going to be able to achieve more in life, in business, in whatever it is, if we have our support system intact, right? And so I want to make sure that you guys listen to to what Sherry is saying, because if all of a sudden you get to a point in your life where you're why the why you did it in the first place got ignored and now all of a sudden you're you've arrived and they're not there anymore. Like that's not okay, right? And so I want you to think about how can I nurture my support system because my support system is there to love me and my support system is going to help me get to wherever I want to go. And so doing the little things helps to nurture that because we can accomplish so much more together. And when I was on faculty for, for the graduate program that I used to teach for, I would say that out of a class of 25, we usually had at least one divorce in each in each class and it's because if you don't have this solid foundation you go through something as stressful as graduate school and it's going to crack under the pressure and i don't want your relationships to to crack i want them to build you up i want them to nourish your soul i want them to be the people who are literally on the sidelines cheering you on for when you get to where you want to go. And that's my vision. If somebody asks me like someday, you know, what's, what's your ideal life look like? And in that moment, I'm on a stage and I'm helping people and they have light bulbs because they get it. They get to see what God has in store for them, that they're capable of it. And that if you can trust him, you can do anything. But what what's important about that vision is that my family is sitting on the sidelines and they're cheering me on and they're proud of me. 
And after I get off stage, we go down to the beach house and we celebrate. And that's what I think about. So remember that you can have all your dreams and your goals, but if you don't have anybody sitting uh, waiting for you on the sidelines, it kind of makes that goal a little empty. So Sherry, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we hop off here that we haven't had a chance to cover? I am, I, I have kind of started this mission thing where I <laughs> want to help couples have the support and accountability around good relationship habits. Mm. Um, and so I have started a Facebook group that is, it's called Date Night Community. It awesome. is, it's free to be part of. It is a non-sales environment, um, but yeah. it's really to encourage couples to spend time together on a weekly basis and get that encouragement from others to do that. So um, I'm really excited about it because it's growing pretty quickly. And I just, I want it to, to catch fire and be a movement yeah. of people who are mm -hmm. all committed in this way to their relationship. I love that so much. We will put all of the information to get into that group in the show notes, as well as how to follow you and how to get you know access to you if they want to work with you on all the things. And I just am so grateful for you taking the time out of your day to share with us all of your expertise and, and just thank you so much. Oh, before we hop off, I always ask all of my guests to give us one coaching question that you would ask my audience to ponder so that they can go from where they are to where they want to be. Okay. So a coaching question, my coaching question would be, if you felt that your husband or wife was really cheering you on in the background and that that relationship was solid and secure, what would you do with your life? Like, what are the things that you would accomplish if you felt like you were working from that foundation of security and energy coming towards you to go out into the world. Oh my gosh, I love that and I have goosebumps. That's what I want and that's what I'm working for. And I'm so grateful that you've been able to give me more tools in my toolbox to be able to make that happen. So thank you, Sherry. That's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Untuck Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.